Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched the blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Hey, what if your home's title, which is the legal document that proves you own your home, is in some criminal's name? Well, that's called home title theft, and criminals all over the world can find your home's title online, and then they'll forge your signature, they'll take out loans against your home, or even worse, sell your home. Now, how do you know some criminal is not taking over the title to your home? You can find out with sign up at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code Sean, S-E-A-N. Well, we're coming to your city. You don't see Israeli soldiers raping. Um, well, Dana, I think we're not. I don't want this to be the hierarchy of oppressions. Harvard ranks the lowest when it comes to protecting Jewish students. This is why I've called for your resignation and your testimony today. Not being able to answer with moral clarity speaks volumes. Nobody answers these questions, and it's why people are furious with the cover-up because you don't believe the FBI is accountable to Congress or to the American people. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity. The new, the new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news. And more bold, inspired solutions for America. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, News Roundup and Information Overload. Our toll-free, our number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, so, you know, if the Paris Climate Accords are are not bad enough, um, I love that they have yet another, you know, uh, save the Earth, global climate change, global warming, global cooling summit. I don't know, what do they call this one? COP28, or I have no idea what the official name is. This is the one where John Kerry said that he wants to eliminate all coal plants and that he's become a militant. Become a militant? He's been a militant. Listen. We ought to be transitioning out of coal. There shouldn't be any more coal-fired power plants permitted anywhere in the world. That's how you can do something for health. And the reality is that we're not doing it. So, um, you know, the measure here is is really... 
uh, sounding the alarm bell. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. And you had other activists there chanting, stop net zero, save red meat. Just a fun moment. Listen. C-Fact, in the tradition of just say no to oil, decided to just say no to net zero by conducting a bus blockade at the UN Climate Summit in Dubai. Now, when you look at the record and where they've been heading, the first canary in the coal mine that Americans, for example, they, they don't want what Joe Biden and the Democrats and these climate cultists are ramming down our throats, uh, as evidenced by the fact that Ford, their electric vehicle line, lost $4.5 billion. That's a lot of money. You just had in the last week or so 3,000 dealers writing the Biden administration, begging them to get these electric vehicles off their lot because they cannot sell them. If you look at the 2021 Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, as they called it, well, that included 2021, almost to 2024 now, 7.5 billion with the goal to, to build 500,000 public charging stations around the country. And under the program, states would qualify for as much as 80% of the cost to build the charges and bring them online. But as Politico reported last week, not a single one of those charges funded by the program is operational. Not one. Only government can screw up at, at, at that monumental level. There was a, a moment last week where Senator Kennedy of Louisiana stumped a Biden official on the $50 trillion cost to fight climate change. You don't even know, do you? And they got, no, I, don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, here to weigh in on this, Tim Stewart is the president of the U.S. Petroleum and Gas Group, and Mark Morano, author of The Great Reset, Global Elites, The Permanent Lockdown, Green Fraud, Why the Green New Deal is Even Worse Than You Think, and the Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change. Well, that is a mouthful of a number of, of your writings. Mark Morano, great to have you back. Uh, what was your take on all this? Well, I just got back from Dubai, Sean. I spent a week there, and I got to tell you, they are a weird model. We have now U.N. scientists, which since 1988, when they formed this climate panel, have served as an advisory role. The scientists are now banding together. And according to the U.K. Guardian, they're demanding now the power to implement policy to force the world to follow the science in quotes. And this is clearly a recognition that they know there's blowback coming from America, from Europe, that has had it with this green agenda, which has done nothing but bankrupt them and raise their energy costs. Well, it done nothing to reduce emissions. It's all been a giant virtue signal. So this summit, along with what CNN travel reported, now that they're literally talking uh, about a, a carbon passports to travel. This was a proposal now CNN is testing the waters. This was released during the U.N. Climate Summit. 
The idea is you're going to have limits on your travel. Of course, this won't affect people like Bill Gates or John Kerry or Leonardo DiCaprio in their private jets. But the general public will have to have a carbon passport in order to fly, and you're going to be under strict limits. So a carbon passport. What if your entire business model that you, you spend an entire lifetime building up is based on travel? What are you supposed to do then? Well, I think this is this is where they want to move all of these decisions into the realm of politics. The answer to your question is you're going to have to grease your local bureaucrat and bribe them to get either the fake paperwork or to get the exemptions. It's all about a massive regulatory state where fewer and fewer people are in charge of decisions they used to leave to us. Decisions like whether we want to own a gas-powered car, whether we want to eat meat, what thermostat setting should be in our house, whether we want to eat pizza made from a wood-fired uh, wood oven, or whether we're mandated to eat it from an electric one. All of these decisions, you're going to have to beg, plead, get exemptions. They're taking over, and they're doing it by bypassing democracy. That is the key here. Um, they're, they're literally talking about the World Health Organization, emergency powers. And Joe Biden, under a climate emergency, we get 140 new executive powers. NBC News reported that Biden would, it would be similar to COVID powers that governors saw had. And that's what they're talking about on a national level with Joe Biden. He could restrict gas stations, travel, airline travel. He could restrict energy development without an ounce of democracy. That is the ultimate goal. And that's what the U.N. is pushing with all of these uh, COVID, uh, COVID slash climate emergency powers that they want to enact through the World Health Organization. I brought this up, Tim Stewart, in the debate with Governor DeSantis versus Governor Newsom. You know, in six months, you know, Governor, can you can you tell us what the replacement source of energy would be and, and at what price point would it be for the American people? Because um, I don't see any of their technology capable of replacing oil, gas, coal, fossil fuels at all. Uh, and if anything, I think America should be way more independent and, and dominant in the energy market. That would be the single best way to get rid of the $34 trillion in debt. Your thoughts? Well, Sean, you know, the first and most immediate concern that Governor Newsom might have is what's the replacement for hair gel, because hair gel is a petroleum-based product, right? Uh, the fact is we have... That, that, that is really cruel. I'm just saying. Just saying. Go ahead. We, we, sometimes we have to speak truth to power. We've got 6,000 consumer products uh, that rely on petroleum and petroleum-based ingredients to function. That's everything from, from ibuprofen to batteries. Uh, and that's the whole problem with Al Gore going on Twitter this morning, you know, saying this, this COP conference has been a failure. The fact is, is you phase out fossil fuels and you don't have a replacement uh, in, 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 the, in the pipeline, what do you do? You're telling people we're going to move you into scarcity and ultimate energy poverty. You know, listening to your earlier comments, it's kind of like we're moving into a prohibition era where only the people who can get into the speakeasies can use fossil fuels. And that's going to be, you know, somebody whose entire business model like Al Gore and John Kerry, which is based on travel, well, they don't have any trouble. But to, but to Mark's point, the average person who needs to commute, it's a whole a lifestyle change that they are mandating upon us. You know, it's going to be interesting, too, because I think, yeah, there'll be uh, there'll be once, I guess, one standard for the elite and one standard for the rest of us, uh, Mark Morano, because, you know, most people don't even know this, but between jets and planes and helicopters, uh, the American people pay for over a thousand of them federally. And they use, you know, regularly by every top official in the Biden administration. So if they really believed in what they're preaching, wouldn't they be flying commercially? Yeah, in fact, when John Kerry was asked about why he didn't fly commercially when he went to Iceland, 
on that private jet to pick up an environmental award of all things. He actually said, for someone like me, flying private makes sense. In other words, if you're so important or at least self-important, then you get an exemption. But keep in mind, this again, being reported by corporate media, Bloomberg News is reporting that climate compliance costs are making flying, cheap flying, cheap airfare, a thing of the past. You have France, which has already begun a form of a climate lockdown. In May of this year, Sean, they actually banned flights of two and a half hours or less. You're now forcing people into automobiles, which have a higher death rate, by the way, than an airplane. And now you have the EU considering proposals for up to three or four hour flight bans. They're actually started the flight bans. The BBC is asking what a flying free world would look like. And they paint the specter of you know, not being able to get strawberries unless they were in season. They're going back like a hundred years of civilization in order to meet this net zero agenda. We really need to just say out loud and clear, net zero is a fraud. It's anti-human. We have to reject it. We need Republican politicians to say this loud and clear and not play along with this agenda at all. It's anti-human. And Tim Stewart, tell me if this is a fact or not. During the Trump years where President Trump achieved energy independence for the first time in, what, 75 years in this country. While he was doing that simultaneously, uh, carbon emissions in this country went down more than any other country on the face of the earth. Is that a fact? That is a fact. It's because 60% of those emissions were replaced when you pulled uh, coal-fired power plants and replaced them with natural gas. And, you know, and, and two years ago when... And by the way, natural gas is a clean-burning Clean, fuel, correct? Yeah, one of the most. It is the most efficient and clean burning fuel that we actually have access to. Now, the Trump administration did a great job for the industry. They they cleared out the regulatory hurdles. The Biden administration came in and put them all back in. And despite that, we're now at the highest level of production that we ever have been in, in this in this country, over 13 million barrels a day. And the Biden administration had absolutely nothing to do with that. It was industry working around the regulatory obstacles that the administration continues to put in, even to this day. Now, back to the issue of replacements, uh, Sean, you know, the, the largest single consumer of fossil fuels in the world is the Department of Defense. And the, the, the Al Gore's of the world, the John Kerry's of the world, have no substitute in place for fossil fuels for something as basic and constitutional as it. Well, wait a minute. You, you, I think you might be a little off on this because there was a Pentagon proposal uh, that and a push to make every military vehicle electric by, I forgot what year it happened to be. And and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh, I'm, I'm sure that whatever enemy, if we're ever fighting on the battlefield again, they're just going to let us put up our charging stations and they won't target them at all. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because uh, that, that essentially says, uh, sorry, we can't, we can't uh, go to battle between now uh, 6 and 8 p.m. because we're charging our tanks and we're charging our aircraft. You know, it's, it's just totally unrealistic. But that's exactly, again, the, the net zero thing that Mark's talking about, not grounded in reality, uh, not grounded in anything. It's a philosophical and a religious uh, approach. Now, honestly, the big earth, big green, is a world religion more than anything. And they are, they're forcing people to convert whether they want to or not. All right, quick break more on this insane global climate alarmist cult summit. Uh, with Tim Stewart and Mark Morano on the other side, then your call's coming up. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television 
today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we continue more on this, you know, climate alarmist religious cult summit last week in Dubai with Tim Stewart and Mark Morano. What is this really uh, when you get to the new Green Deal? And we've gone over this so many times, Mark. It really is very little to do with the environment. And they even finally admitted it. You know, when you're talking about guaranteed government jobs and wages and and free education and free pre-K and free college and you know, guaranteed government healthy food and free retirement, free, free, free. It really has nothing to do with the environment when you hear Green New Deal, is, does it? No, absolutely nothing. And as you mentioned, they freely admit that, whether it's AOC's architect or even the UN. They've actually said, they said, you thought climate treaties had something to do with environmental policy. This is about redistribution of wealth. This is about empowering the bureaucrats. What they're trying to do is all about power. It's about making Fewer and fewer decisions by, by fewer and fewer individuals, more decisions by fewer individuals. And you have now a corporate government collusion that we didn't have just, say, 10 years ago on this. You have all of these corporations in working with through the form of things like ESG, Environment Social Governance, working through the U.N. climate agenda. You have Al Gore partnering with Google, and this was debuted last year's uh, UN Climate Summit. They're going to, Al Gore and Google are monitoring farms, factories, all of industry and trying to count their CO2 emissions so that they can later be penalized, punished, fined, and taxed. All of this is happening so that you can have a regulatory state that we've never experienced in America, in our American history, as they take over more and more swaths. This is the intentional collapse of energy, food, transportation. And as a, and as a bonus, our free speech, because remember, the U.N. last year announced we own the science on climate change. And that's why we partnered with Google to make sure only U.N. approved results on climate science are returned. This is a frightening world in which we're entering now. 
And, uh, you know, we really need to push back hard because they are crushing the middle class and they are literally doing everything they can with 15 minute cities to keep us locked in the banning of gas powered cars, which by the way, no one's ever voted to ban even the California legislature, the U S Congress, the Europe, no one, it's, it's, it's just something that was imposed upon us and the corporate government collusion, you have corporate banks now announcing they're not going to give out car loans to people buying gas powered cars because it violates their net zero pledges that you know, put forth by the UN. So we don't get a say in this anymore as, as a democracy. It's all being imposed upon us. It's unreal. Anyway, Mark Morano, appreciate it. I'm sure you had a great time with all your liberal friends there this uh, past week. Uh, thank you for sharing it all with us. Uh, Tim Stewart, thank you as well. We appreciate you both. Continuing the mission of saving America as we return to the Sean Hannity Show. Hi, 25 to the top of the hour. Thank you for being with us. 800-941-SEAN, our number if you want to be a part of the program. Reminder, our friends at MyPillow, Mike Lindell is out there every day, wants to solve problems that we all face. Uh, that's why MyPillow is such a game changer. Well, he, you know, saw a problem also with towels. You go into a store, you touch a towel, and you're like, oh, that's soft. That's going to be a nice towel. All right, you bring it home, use it a couple of times. It's not that absorbent. It's not that soft anymore. And so he set out to fix that problem, and he's now excited to announce two brand-new lines of my towels for you to try. And what makes these towels different is they're now made with what is called 100% long-staple, shorper cotton, it's comb, ring-spun cotton, which is what makes the towels absorbent and softer than ever and helps it stay that way. And now through, uh, well, the end of the month now, you can get a six-piece set at a whopping 50% off at twenty nine ninety eight. You simply go to MyPillow.com, click on the Sean Hannity Square. They also have a designer line, also 50% off, but it costs about 20 bucks more. You pick the one that you like. They have other deep discounts on other great MyPillow products. You can call and mention my name, 800-919-6090, or just go to MyPillow.com. And by the way, just go to the Sean Hannity Square. It's that simple. All right, let's go back to last week. We now have one down and hundreds to go. I'll explain this in a second. And that is UPenn president after the disastrous uh, beat down by Congresswoman Elise Stefanik of, of the heads of uh, Harvard and MIT, and in her case, UPenn, the UPenn president is now out. Now people are questioning whether or not the Harvard uh, board will follow suit uh, with Claudine Gay, who happens to be the president of Harvard, and whether MIT follows suit as well. Uh, but this is what brought this to a head. This is Elise Stefanik. I mean, it was a shocking moment, for, at least from my standpoint. Does M at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated of, as harassment, if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? 
If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual, targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted yeah, at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct, and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. Now, you can't think of any other, quote, identity whatever the identity group is, that any of these colleges would ever let anybody get away with talking about, you know, it, it being okay uh, to support terrorists and acts of violence. That would never happen. So the question is, and the New York Post had a great editorial on this today. Yes, Harvard's Claudine Gay, MIT's Sally Cornbluth, that they should follow UPenn's uh, McGill, uh, and by the way, Scott Bach, who chaired the Penn's Board of Trustees, they quit over the weekend. They was, had to resign under pressure over the weekend after all three of them at, at having this disgraceful showing at last week's House hearing about campus anti-Semitism. And what they go on, the point they go on to make the broader point is that the problem is not just these three and it's not just anti-Semitism. And they talk about what they call the rot in U.S. academia and how it goes way deeper than this and how most university leaders would have done as badly because all won their jobs precisely for the willful moral blindness that forced out McGill and may yet oust the other two. And, and it just goes on to make such a good point. You know, think of think of what wokeism is now on a college campus today. You know, what identity group, you know, what happens to people if they, if God forbid they use the wrong pronoun? What happens to people that, that maybe have different views, maybe religious based views on the LGBTQ community? What about people that are just repulsive racist? What happens to them if they express views like this?
we all know that these colleges act and they act quickly and, and the odds are you're probably not going to be at that college. But, you know, they go on to explain that it is the job of a modern college leader to wrap a warm haze over the hard left's takeover of the campus. And the fa- that means the faculty, that means the administration. And they, they want their big endowment money to keep, you know, trickling in. Although many of these colleges now are losing money because, you know, very generous uh, donors uh, are saying no more and even asking for their money back. And, you know, it just wouldn't happen with any, quote, identity group. Why did they allow it here? You know, it's okay to say from the river to the sea or it's okay to praise Hamas for October the 7th as long as they're not, there's not action associated with it. So you're condoning and allowing your students in college to condone terrorism and murder and rape and beheadings and kidnappings. I mean, it's about as sick as it ever gets. By the way, apparently there's a big controversy at Saturday Night Live this weekend. And I guess former Saturday Night Live star Cecily Strong uh, was supposed to play Elise Stefanik on the show this past weekend. By the way, this has been widely panned as an awful open, maybe the worst ever. And anyway, she became uncomfortable with the heavily criticized cold open sketch. And she appeared as a guest in a dress rehearsal ahead of the live show, then changed her mind last minute. And somebody else played that position. But the, the sketch ostensibly poking fun at the testimony by by all three of these these presidents of these prestigious universities and of course regarding anti-semitism at these top universities many people now that are viewing the show have now called for the show to apologize don't hold your breath but just imagine you know think of all the instances of every conservative on the air and all the battles we've had to fight over the years to be silenced by the left just because they don't like our political views. Nobody's forcing them to listen to talk radio. Nobody forces them to watch Fox News. But yet there's been multiple attempts to silence conservatives all the time. It's one of the main reasons I refuse to go along with boycotts or go along with firings or calls for firings or go along, you know, with cancellations. I don't call for those things because I've always believed that if you don't like a show, radio or TV, you always have the option not to not to listen to it, not to watch it. Really, is that simple? All right, back to our phones. Joe in the free state of Tennessee. What's up, Joe? How are you, sir? Oh, I'm great, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. I'm an archivist here in Northeast Tennessee, but 20 years ago, I was a student at Brown University studying the history of science, and so I had ample opportunity to debate my fellow classmates about truth and objectivity. And one instance was. I was trying to find some common ground with about 30 students that were arguing against me. And I said, all right, can we at least agree that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is a basic mathematic objective reality? And they said, no, it's a social construct. If we all agreed in society that 2 plus 2 equals 7, then it would. And I said, well, if that's the way it is, I wouldn't want to drive across a bridge in your world. And they got so mad that the professor had to stop the class and actually kind of whisk me out of there. But it speaks to this idea that they don't believe in knowledge. And if you don't believe in knowledge or truth, then you can never attain wisdom. And without any wisdom, it's no wonder why this rot is taking place. But I would say there are small pockets of conservatism on these campuses. And, you know, I would say to your listeners, they need your prayers. They're under tremendous pressure 
to conform to stupidity. And if they can hold their own in those environments, they can really come out very sharpened and very honed on how to defend conservative principles against some of the direst circumstances. I think of Larry Elder, a fellow Brown graduate, and how he kind of came out of that hornet's nest really skilled in defending conservative principles both rationally and calmly in the face of tremendous adversity. Well, look, I mean, it's just sad. I mean, I, I, I know so many parents that their dream was for one day that their kid may be smart enough to get into one of these Ivy League institutions, that was never a goal of mine at all with my kids. Um, I just wanted them to go to a good school, have a good experience, and get a good education. It was really that simple for me. Um, and I, I actually had no say in in either one of my kids' choices. I was told after the fact. Um, but whatever. It's, I'm, I'm fine with that. This is their life, their choice, and they've got to live life and find their dreams. I can't you know, there comes a point in, I think, life that you got to let your kids fly free. And and I'm like, OK, it's up to you. Uh, what do you need from dad? And I'm, you know, just be there for them. Um, but I will tell you, it's not surprising. But as that it was very powerful, I thought, very powerful editorial today in the New York Post, one down, hundreds to go. This is what we're now doing to kids. We send them off to indoctrination centers and they go to college and they come out dumber than when they went in kind of sad they go to public schools they come out dumber than when they go in you know we spend all this money per capita per student on education with the worst results it's embarrassing anyway appreciate the call my friend 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program william is in south carolina what's up william where in south carolina are you hey, hey, hey sean uh this is william the plumber in raleigh north carolina <laughs> oh, you're in North Carolina. I'm sorry. It says South Carolina on my screen, but that's all right. We like North Carolina and South Carolina. I like South Carolina, too. Um, What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I just want to say, man, this, I just can't believe everything that's even going on. I mean, this is crazy. But uh, I, I'm 56, and my parents were, were from other states, and I, I was born in California and went through that. Lived in Mexico with the family during the summer and realized... Uh, that the education that I was receiving in, uh, you know, elementary, junior high, high school was crap compared to what they got in Mexico. I, I, cu I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. So I had to re I had to start educating myself, Sean. And, um, y you know, when it comes to that, to the whole debate for the Republican Party, I mean, I didn't even bother to watch it because there are all those guys up there, um, they're all deep state, Vivek, Ramaswamy. This guy's a World Economic Forum uh, future, future leaders graduate. And Klaus Schwab, you know, he's one of the guys calling for a new world order, you know? I mean... Look, I, I don't know all these individuals. All I can tell you is this, is, you know, there are people, in my view, that deserve to be heard, that are serious candidates. If anyone listening to this program thinks that Chris Christie is in a, a viable candidate, just call me, because that's the dumbest comment I think I'll ever hear. He just isn't. Um, Vivek, you know, was interesting to me in the beginning, and then I think he got too cute by half. He comes in with his rehearsed lines, and he, he just he, he becomes a Republican in 2020, and all he wants to do is trash everybody that's been a Republican for decades or a conservative for decades. And I'm kind of listening to him. I'm like, well, where you been? And he thinks he knows it better than everybody, you know, out there, and he doesn't. Um, 
So, you know, I'm just more interested in substance. I have no problem at all taking a, a nice, hard shot at somebody in a debate that needs it. But, you know, when every moment you get a chance to speak, that's where your your thoughts are going. In my view, eh, it's, I, I'm, I'm just looking for more from a president. And maybe he'll mature a little bit over the years and still want to make it take another crack at it. I don't know. That's up to him. Uh, but, you know, if you look at these polls out, you know, today in the Wall Street Journal and elsewhere, I mean, Trump is just dominating on a, you know, in a huge way. And I, it's going to be very hard for anybody to make any inroads with him against him. Anyway, appreciate the call, my friend. All right, that's going to wrap things uh, up for today. We got a great Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Loaded up as we check in with Jim Jordan, Kellyanne Conway. Sarah Carter is at U10 tonight. Ari Fleischer, Tommy Laren, Congressman Michael Waltz, Pete Hegseth, Charles Payne. Set your DVR, 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox. See you tonight. Back here tomorrow. Thank you for making this show possible. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.